0: Amen. Okay, Proverbs, message 45. I don't know if we'll have time to wrap up chapter 14, but, but uh, we'll see how far we get tonight. If you didn't get a handout, you can raise your hand and somebody from Connections will hook you up. Digital copies are online, YouTube, Facebook, mbtkc.org. So we're continuing in 14, Proverbs 14, contrasting the wise and the foolish, and so let's talk about their, their citizenship in verse 28. Verse 28 says, in the multitude of people is the king's honor. It's good to have a big kingdom. But in the want of people is the destruction of the prince. Okay, this is what's known as a royal proverb. Royal proverbs deal with governmental issues, You know, governmental authority issues of, 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 of governmental authority. And 28, verse 28, is basically saying a large kingdom is great, but are the people content? Is the kingdom well? Are the, are the people able to be taken care of? And if not, why not? Whose fault is it if the people are suffering? And so get this down in your notes. Titles without competence are worthless. Hello, somebody. You may have the job, but can you do it? Titles without competence are worthless. Now, God ordains leadership, and in terms of governmental authority, Romans chapter 13, verse one, tells the subjects to be submitted. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Pray for your president, pray for your mayor, pray for your city council members. They're ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Okay, so if God is ordaining the leadership, well then what does the leadership look like? So get this down in your notes. Let's talk about leadership. You may have a position of rule, but are the people following you? You may be placed in that position, but the people that you're leading, are they thriving? If not, why not? So get this down. This is another great principle. Never forget that leaders are replaceable. Uh, you may have the big job, but, but should you keep it? Okay, so the example of Saul is a great example of governmental authority being replaced. I mean, I, what, what, what a terrible king. Everything from trying to kill David, who, by the way, took care of his, literally his biggest problem. His name was goliath literally his biggest problem to, to 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 turning to witchcraft to to keep his rule okay so it, it was so bad god's like he's fired that's what he told samuel first samuel 16 verse 1 the lord said unto samuel how long wilt thou mourn for saul seeing i've rejected him from reigning over israel fill thine horn with oil and go and i will send thee to jesse the Bethlehemite, for i have provided me a king among his sons uh, any leader is replaceable. Solomon, David's son, was very wise in his request for God's blessing to, 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 you know, he's got a job that he has to fulfill, so he knows he can't do it without the Lord's blessing, and you can read about that. Uh, wisest man in the world was very wise before he was promised that great wisdom, First Kings chapter three. Conversely, subjects must honor the king. Honor is your next blank. We're commanded, to be subject to governmental authority in, verse, in chapter 13. First Peter chapter two, verse 17 tells you, honor, the, honor all men, uh, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king, and uh, when Peter wrote this, when the Apostle Peter wrote this, uh, there was legitimately a crazy guy in charge, one of the most wicked Caesars in all of, human, in all of Roman history. We have to honor the king, okay? That's one side of the equation. On the other side of the equation though is despising dignitaries. And Jude warns us against this, that there are these who are, this is how he describes them, filthy dreamers, defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Um, Michael the archangel knew better than this when he was dealing with the devil, right? Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, He disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation. He didn't talk trash. He didn't get full of himself. He recognized this was an anointed cherub, right? This is is Lucifer that he's dealing with. He said, the Lord rebuke thee. But these, who, these filthy dreamers, these flesh defilers, these dominion despisers, but these speak evil of those, those things which they know not, But what they know naturally is brute beast in those things they corrupt themselves. So what do we do if we've got leaders we're tempted to despise? Well, man, you know what to do. First Peter chapter two commands you to pray. This is a great responsibility that we have. You may like your president, you may despise him. You may like your mayor, you may despise him. You may like your school board member or you may despise them. Pray for your leaders. All kinds of prayers, 1 Timothy chapter 2, are to be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority. Pray for the policeman that's pulling you over. Why? That you may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. We need to pray so that we can live the life that God's called us to live. Okay, verse 29. Let's talk about the wise and the foolish. Let's talk about their temper. He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Okay, why does the hasty of spirit exalt folly? Well, he's the opposite of the guy that's slow to wrath. This guy gets triggered easy. He doesn't, he doesn't wait Okay, the the, the hasty of spirit doesn't know to wait to see the end or the conclusion of a matter before he goes off. He's short-fused, he's quick-tempered. Short-fused, quick-tempered people are the worst because everyone, right, when everyone has, I mean, everyone in your life is walking around on eggshells because they're worried about what's gonna set you off, tiptoeing, careful not to upset you, there's actually something wrong with you if that's the case. Does that make sense? If everyone has to be careful over how they treat, well, you're a, you're a hothead. James chapter 1, verse 19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Slow, slow your roll, right? Slow down. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Ecclesiastes 7, 9, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. Some people just love getting angry real quick, right? Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. For anger resteth in the bosom of fools. And you thought you were right to blow your top. And the whole time the Bible's calling you a fool. Proverbs fifteen eighteen: a wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. Man, if you'll just keep your head, keep your cool, you could actually be a peacemaker you know, a soft answer turneth away wrath. But if somebody's you know, talking trash and acting a fool and you jump in there with them, well, it's guaranteed to be a fight. Uh, but you could be used of the Lord, actually, to, to be a peacemaker. So get this down in your notes. Uh, when something looks wrong, when things are stressed, don't pop off, okay, don't do that. What do we mean, international students? It's so the English phrase, man, he popped off. What, what are we talking about? Don't blow up, don't get angry. Don't start raging, don't get loud, right? Don't pop off, okay, so so for example, Job. Job is suffering greatly, granted. It's a rough day for Job, rough week, rough life. He's having a tough time. But he's popping off against God (laughs) over things that he didn't fully understand. And then God puts Job in his place for four whole chapters. For four whole chapters, it's God setting Job straight. So what's Job's response whenever he kind of sees his situation from God's perspective? Job 42 verse one, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered, I popped off, I uttered that I understood not, things too wonderful for me, me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee and I will speak, I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of my ear, but now mine eye seeth thee, wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. I mean, talk about getting a talking to. God is straightening him out. I mean, like, it's condescending. He's putting him in his place. Where were you, Job? I mean, okay, Job. You want a reasonable response to your situation. Where were you when I set this whole thing in motion? You know, what's your, what's your status and relationship with Leviathan, by the way? Let's, let's get that, let's, let's find out. Let's find out where you're at on the pecking order. I mean, talk about getting a talking to. That will keep, right? If we can just decide we're gonna keep Job's conclusion of the matter, that'll keep our perspective. And what will keep our perspective is to see ourselves in the light of who God is to us. And then notice the contrast here in verse 29 of function versus folly. He that is slow to wrath, he's not blowing up. You know, if you get all emotional, you can't think, you can't reason, you can't reckon rightly, You're in the emotion, right? So you're reactive. But the person who can slow their role, they're able to process the data, right? They're able to process what's going on. And so here's someone who is hasty in their spirit. Um, So that produces what? Folly, right? He that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Uh, They're gonna waste their life. They're, gonna, they're actually gonna make more messes than they ever find solutions. So take your time, understand, right? Stop, find out, recognize what's going on so that you can do the right thing the first time. People who hurry and rush through life, they make mistakes. Every time I got a job to do and I just wanna hurry up and get it done, I make, bigger me- I make more work for myself. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm in a hurry, I'm in a hurry. I gotta get to work. I got a meeting. And so I take my coffee cup with me. No lid. I don't have time for a lid. I'm awesome. I drive really good. And then I got clean coffee out of my car. I mean, I just slow down and take the steps that produce the, do it right the first time. All right, verse 30. A sound heart. Let's talk about their health. A sound heart is the life of the flesh. Now we're getting some, we're getting some, some, uh, uh, insight into how the, the, the life of a person functions. A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. Proverbs seventeen twenty two says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. You know, there are, there's a medical condition um, called broken heart. You know, you, you can literally, they, they, they talk about this, you can die of a broken heart. Uh, it's just interesting to me. Proverbs fifteen thirty: the light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart. Okay, how can the light of the eyes rejoice the heart? If the heart is rejoiced, right? If it's sound, well, then that's just good for the whole of your life. A good report maketh the bones fat. Okay, so what's the key to heart heart health? Good heart, good heart health. Well, I need to keep my eyes on Christ. I need Christ, the Word of Christ, to be the light, right, of my eyes. This is why Proverbs 4, in the beginning of our study, we saw how critical it is to attend on the word of God. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. There it is again. So the light of mine eyes, right, what's coming in through my eye gate is in my heart and life. It's the light of my my eyes rejoicing my heart For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Here's another way to consider it. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord. How? With all mine heart. I'm gonna trust in the Lord with all my heart. How? In a way that seems right in my own eyes? Well no, that's the way that leads to, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end, Right, that's the path to death, isn't it? The end there of, it's it's, 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 it's death. Uh, Man's ways, man's reckoning, man's logic gets him into trouble. So I need to trust in the Lord, not according to what I think or feel, my changing emotions. Man, if you go by how you feel, you're never gonna trust the Lord. You're trusting yourself. If I'm gonna trust the Lord, it's what does the book say? What does God say? Okay, so I trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. I'm not gonna lean to my own understanding. It's not what I think or feel. It's not my changing emotions. What, does, what has God said? In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Here's the promise, verse eight, and it, verse eight, it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. So that, 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 that's one aspect of it. Another aspect of this is you can pass your good, happy heart health on to other people. On is your next blank. Get it on. How? Well, what's in you, that's what comes out of you. We've seen this principle a number of times in our study, haven't we? If you've got a good, happy, healthy heart, that's what's in you. You can actually infect other people with that. And that's God's plan for your life. Your heart, if it's happy if it's healthy then out of the abundance of it your mouth will speak right haven't we seen that uh, your heart's the source of your speech proverbs sixteen twenty four says pleasant words are as in honeycomb sweet to the soul and health to the bones so there it is you can you can increase someone else's heart health just by with the words that you use be pleasant Sometimes, man, when life we feel like life isn't treating us fair, it's tough to be pleasant, isn't it? And what is it about being Oscar the Grouch that's so gratifying to the flesh and you see people react to you because you're just kind of a, a little bit of a jerk, a little bit grouchy. Um, you're just a little bit of a butt and you feel satisfied in that and there's nothing about that that impresses the Lord. Man, don't we need strength to represent Christ well? We need that. How are we gonna live Ephesians 4 whenever we're moaning and groaning, grousing and griping, right? Grinching. It's uh, the Christmas season. Don't be a grinch, okay? Use pleasant words. Okay, now conversely, envy is the rottenness of the bones. Envy destroys. En- envy is a destroyer. Proverbs twenty-seven four. wrath is cruel, anger is outrageous. But who, I mean, Cruel, outrageous, but who is able to stand before envy? He, envy is the king of the evil gang, whether it's the, the, the doom with the super friends. They, they had the justice hall for the Justice League, and then there was a doom group. Huh? League of Doom? League of doom? Legion, of doom. Legion of Doom. Who got that right? Huh? That's my nerd right there, okay. <laughs> and then you've got like the Avengers, and then it's the, well this is Thanos. That's, all, that's what I'm getting to. Envy is, who can stand? I think everybody knows who Thanos is. Okay, so he's the worst. En- envy destroys. Who, who is able to stand before envy? So consider envy in, in Joseph's brethren. The Bible calls them the patriarchs in Acts 7. Uh, Reuben et al. The patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into into Egypt, but God was with him. And because Joseph is a perfect type of Christ, that's exactly what Jesus' brethren did to him. Consider Jesus' persecution. Matthew 27, 18 says that for envy, they had delivered him. That's why they were killing Jesus. They were envious of him. And then, You know, Jesus said, if the world hates me, it's gonna hate you, so the apostles had to face it. Acts 17, five says, the Jews which believed not moved with envy, tried to destroy them. They took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. They wanted to destroy them. Anytime you're getting certain, you're finding, you got certain lewd fellows of the baser sort on the payroll, payroll, you're part of the Legion of Doom. You're part of the uh, anti-Avenger team. You, I mean, you work for Thanos, that's who you are. Why, why do people do this? Well, James 3 verse 16 says, for where envy and strife is, there's is confusion in every evil work. Satan is the author of confusion, and the last thing that he wants is peace in God's bride. And so he's gonna make sure that there are reasons for strife and confusion, so he will put envy in the heart, I mean, Satan has the ability to put things in a person's heart. You remember Jesus in dealing with Peter? All the rest of this riffraff, right? They're, they might, leave, not me, I'm your man, I'm your boy. You can count on me to the end. And, you know, in all of this, Jesus is trying to coach him. Uh, Satan's desired to sift you, right? He's desired to sift you. I prayed for you, but, but you're going to realize you're not sufficient. So, you know, they come down. Jesus is, is he's going to go to the cross. And what's Peter, t- Peter's correcting the Lord Jesus. Not so, Lord, you know. <laughs> uh, there's, we're, we're, not, we're not going to follow your plan, creator, God, Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember what, you remember what the Lord says to, to Peter, right? He rebuked him as Who? As Satan. You know, Satan's put something in Peter's heart. Jude, or uh, Judas. Uh, the, I mean, the text is explicit with Judas. You know, Satan put it in his heart to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're going to have these envious, these very wicked thoughts and feelings towards your brothers or sisters, uh, you know, people that God has in your life. You're going to have some wicked impulses. And I wouldn't let that freak me out what should terrify you is the idea of owning them of adopting them of nurturing them instead of rebuking and mortifying that and putting that to death if you adopt that thing and cultivate it it's the destruction of relationships and it's confusion and it's this the source of every evil work first corinthians 3 3 it says it's it's the way the flesh lives you're yet carnal for whereas is there among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? This is what the lost world does. This is not what children of the living God, it's not what they do. So what's the solution? 1 Corinthians 3, verses four through nine. They're all divided, they're full of envy and pride. They've got divisions in the camp. Who, who is their master disciple? Where do they trace the roots back to spiritually? And here's Paul's correction. Everybody that worked in your life, 1 Corinthians 3.8, they're one, and they all receive according to their own labor, but now watch this. For we are laborers together with God, you are God's husbandry, you are God's building. So in other words, just be a part of what God is doing. God's doing the work, let God get all the glory. So if you're with somebody in ministry and God's using them mightily, just be glad that you got to support them because at the end of the day, it's God that's doing the work. And, if he, and, if, and, and don't you want God to use your brother or sister in Christ in a mighty way? I mean, we want God to work. Could they, could they be used in a way that, 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 that is of eternal consequence and value by their might, their power, their strength, their ability, their good looks, the arm, the strength, the reason of their brilliance? I mean, can they accomplish anything for God's glory for eternity? No. The most brilliant, amazing, best looking person in this church is a bumbling baboon in terms of capacity and potential to do anything of eternal value, weight, or glory. So turn to the monkey next to you, and tell him, I am praying that God uses you mightily. Don't call him a monkey. I did that for you, okay? Oh, come on now, this is getting out of hand. Come on, come back. See, when God's at work in somebody, that's awesome. Why, why get envious? Why do that? God, when God's greatly at work in and through your brother or sister in Christ, that's awesome because God's working. So here it is, First Corinthians 3.21, therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. You got to be a part of that. You got to see it. You got to help. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or, pre, or things present or things to come, all are yours and you're Christ and Christ is God. So let's, let's end with this. Don't be jelly. Don't be jelly, just don't do that. Okay, so for the international students, don't be jelly. Jelly is a delicious, sugary, typically fruit-based dessert. Um, it would be something that we spread on a biscuit or toast. Uh, jelly, okay, you, you probably, uh, you have this where you come from. Uh, it sounds like jealous, and so some kids thought it sounded cool and, and then everybody was using it for five years and nobody does now. <coughs> so I wasted your time in explaining that. It's old slang, uh, but there it is. All right, we are out of time. We didn't get through. I actually prepared two weeks. What? Oh, oh pray for pray for the Castanedos again. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. Okay, so here's what we'll do. We're, we're, we're going to dismiss officially, but Hillary is with us. We prayed for you earlier, sis, but we're going to we're gonna, can we get particularly, we can get some sisters uh, particularly and, and then brothers just join with this. Sisters start moving now that wanna, um, you feel like God's put it on your heart, to so really pray, let's, let's uh, be careful with Hillary. Um, she's healing up, we don't need to, nobody lay hands on her head, you get that right? Um, um, yeah. Okay. So, and then any brothers that want to join in, just just grab it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna lead us in prayer as we dismiss. If you have any need, don't forget the 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 uh, trips are down front. If you've not committed to supporting one of our 2022 mission trips, get your name on one of these boards and help support us there. But uh, let's let's pray. Lord, thank you that that Hillary can be with us tonight, and and here she is still smiling and and we're grateful. And and so Lord, would you hear our prayers? Uh, Lord, would you undertake in ways that only you can? Uh, God, you could completely restore her in a moment. Right now, nothing is too hard for you. So we know this, we're full of faith. Uh, With you, all things are possible. Lord, you have a plan, help us to see it. Uh, Help us to see what you're doing and how, and Lord, with the doctors, help them to have the insight that they're supposed to have. Lord, would you use this to draw Hillary and her entire family, and Lord, her entire church family, closer in faith and in dependence, and Lord, please, in relationship with you. God, we do ask that you would dismiss us with your blessing. God, we're asking that, that we would be only ever increasingly mission-minded as we move forward as a local church. But Lord, you know when we're supporting mission trips and, and, and we're doing things uh, that, that are multiplying ministry around the world, Lord, we don't wanna lose sight of our responsibility to one another. God, would you help us uh, to consider one another? Would you help us to encourage one another? We need a, an Ephesians 4 ministry that's thriving in this local church. Lord, help us to speak pleasant words. Um, but Lord, at the same time, we want to speak the words that are hard to hear. Uh, we want to, we we Lord, hold each other accountable to what your word says. Lord, deliver us from pride. Deliver us from getting full of ourselves. Lord, use us to encourage our brothers and sisters. Uh, Lord, we don't want to get to the judgment seat of Christ and, and have brothers or sisters that, that never thought they could be used of you because we didn't come alongside them. And, and so God, uh, please help us to be considerate. Help us to slow down and uh, uh, to, to be aware, to be alert of what's going on in the lives of people. And, and um, you know I know I can't have the conversation that I need to have with everybody in this church, but Lord, you've made us a body and uh, there are more than enough ministers in all of our lives to, to see every issue supported and addressed. And so Lord, help us to grow in our, our consciousness, our awareness of, of what's going on in each other's lives and, and increase our capacity to support one another. God, we want healthy, spiritually thriving members, and we want a healthy, a spiritually thriving church. Lord, use us uh, to be healthy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.